Hello, I'm Shell of Lionheart's Fitness. If you don't know about us by now, please check out our website, lionheartsfitness.com. Free fitness for all youth, particularly obstacle course racing. Right now, here is your podcast, I Am Spartan Podcast, with our favorite host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Have you checked out the show's sponsor yet? Do me a huge favor and go and check out monkeygrip.com. They make these cool rope attachments that go around your pull-up bar, and they also go around dumbbells, too. So you can max out your pull-ups and then slip them off of the pull-up bar and put them on the dumbbells and do farmer's carries to max out your grip even further. They also make a monkey fist type attachment that goes around the pull-up bar and the dumbbells the same way. They also have some liquid chalk and who doesn't need a little extra liquid chalk in their life? But go and check them out at monkeygrip.com and follow them on Monkey Grip on Instagram too. Thanks. Have a great interview here for you. Taylor Cedeno is going to tell us all about her race weekend at OCRWC. And we also talk about some Savage races and Spartan races as well. Um, she had problems with her asthma flaring back up. Like when she was a kid, she had it. And during the race, you know, because Mammoth is at such a high elevation that sometimes it will make your asthma flare up. And that's what happened to her. So this was a very interesting conversation to me because I've always been worried about this because I've never done a race at elevation either. So if this is something that you were actually, you know, worried about, like this is a great episode and like already know ahead of time, if I went to a race, I would definitely have my inhaler on me because I would expect this to happen or be worried that this would happen. So anyway, this was a great interview and I enjoyed, you know, kind of listening to her tell us about that happening to her. But anyway, here's the interview with Taylor Cedeno. Taylor Cedeno. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay. So what have you been doing today? You, I messaged you earlier today. You said you're at work. What do you do for a living? Where are you from? Tell us about Taylor. Oh, I wish it was a living. Um, part-time job at a rock climbing gym and I'm a route setter. So I put the holds on the wall and make the fun climbs. Um, sadly I can't live off it. So it's only temporary. So are you going to school to pursue something bigger and better and greater? Not at the moment. Um, I have a couple of job interviews coming up just to see, uh, uh where I might want to go. One of them is in like data entry I'm hoping it could be like part-time work from home kind of thing. Cause I'd love to travel. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a uh, park ranger. So out in the woods, two very different things. I think the park ranger would be fun though. That would be a cool job. Yeah. So being like a rock hold setter or whatever you said, like, is that something you do every day? Like you change the route every day or is it like, how does that work? Uh, I'm, change- I've never been to a rock climbing gyms while I ask. That's fine. Um, we change um, one section of the wall um, four times a week. Uh, so the bouldering section, um, the short walls will get a full rotation in about five or six weeks. And the the tall walls, the top ropes, um, probably two months. So, so slowly around. So I understand, I know that there's like different levels of each different route and you have the different colors of the mm-hmm. holds, but they're all kind of mixed up. But if you're trying to do this certain level of route, you stay on mm-hmm. that certain color of holds, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Okay. So like in a day of work, are you like, do you like help people out? You train people? Like what is your level of rock climbing? Um, I don't train anyone at, with this job. Um, I was a personal trainer before. Um, 
a normal day, we go in, um, we take the existing holds off the wall of whatever route or section we want to um, change. And then we put new stuff up and tweak it to make it flow, make it look good, uh, make it feel good. And then wash the holds that came down and then we're done. Right. So I see a lot of videos of people like falling off of these walls sometime and getting hurt real bad. Has that ever happened to you? Mm-mm. Well, that's good. No, thankfully. So I imagine this is a great job to have if you're doing OCR, but tell us, you know, kind of like, what did you do like as, well, I mean, I, I say young adult, but you're still pretty young. How old are you? Be 29 next week. Okay. So you're, you're getting close to thirties and I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I tell everybody this, that is getting close to 30. Cause they always say, well, turning 30, that's going to be so depressing, blah, blah, blah. Thirties were great. Thirties were way better than twenties for me. And my forties were better than my thirties. So it's like, to me, life gets easier. Like when those big problems come along, it's like you handle it so much better. But like, for instance, you can't find your keys that will just piss you off. And like, where did I put them? You know, I mean, you walk across the house and you'll forget what you walked across the house for. You'll stand there and be like, what did I come across the house for? But as far as like big problems, like paying bills and like if some bad emergency happens, you will handle that stuff so much better, you know, like in your thirties and forties. So I just wanted, I just wanted to tell you that. That's what you have to look forward to, even though you're going to forget way more stuff than you'll remember now, for sure. Well, I already forget things all the time. Like <laughs> I'll go to look up something on my phone and I pull it out of my pocket. And by the time I did that, which takes all of like two seconds, I've already forgotten. Yeah, I do that too. Like if I, I was, I'll open up Instagram meaning to look for something, you know, especially like maybe I was wanting to go to the Spartan page, but I'll see something else and it'll totally distract me off my path. And I'll be like, well, what was I even looking for in the, in the first place? So I totally feel you there. So, so yeah, what kind of sports did you do? Like kind of growing up and you know, how did you find OCR? I did nothing growing up. I did no sports. Um, the closest sport I did was, um, marching band for one year in high school, two years in high school. And that was just like half the year. And then the other half the year I was a couch potato. And then I did that for three years in college. And, um, which it's, it's a little bit active, but once the season was done, I was done. So I didn't really do anything. I got into rock climbing my junior year of college. And, um, tried out for the rock climbing team my senior year and made it and that was the only year only year I didn't do band because the games and uh comps conflicted what instrument did you play I marched flute in high school and then I was in color guard so the flags and the rifles my mother was in a color guard she was when she went to UGA she's 83 now so that was a long time ago um so what attracted you I mean, you're, you're non-athletic, you know, besides being in the marching band, what about rock climbing attracted you with kind of, you know, no athleticism background? Uh, it was, it, it never seemed like a workout to me. It was always fun. Um, I was pretty good at it starting out, um, being like this tiny, tiny frame person, skin and bones in high school. Um, there was, a a small rock wall inside a store at the Outer Banks. Um, if anyone's familiar, it's Kitty Hawk Kites. Uh, I climb that wall every summer um, during it's family. North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I interrupted you, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't remember if I forgot to ask you where you were from. I'm currently living in Newport News, Virginia, but I am moving soon. So moving right. to North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So I would do that, those walls, um, every year. And then I climbed trees when I was young. So I guess that kind of helped. Um, yeah. When I got to college, they had a, they redid the rock climbing wall. It looked so cool. And it was my favorite thing to do. 
and I ran because my coach told us to run and that was like two to three miles like two or three times a week so it wasn't a lot and I hated running before absolutely hated it and I had really bad asthma as a kid so I tried to avoid it as much as possible and now I run for fun Hmm. so it's crazy how we uh the stuff we used to not like when we were small we enjoy now yeah like I used to hate getting muddy, you know, when I was a kid, I never, I mean, I would, but I was like, now I got to wash all this off. I was never about that. And, you know, I've always, you know, before I got into this, I used to, you know, off-road Jeeps, rock crawl Jeeps, whatever. And even then I, I mean, yes, it's fun to go play in the mud in a Jeep, but I hated having to wash all that stuff off afterwards. It was so much work and I hated it. That's why I like kind of doing more of the trail riding and the rock crawling because you wouldn't get as muddy when you would do that. So that was way more fun to me for sure. So I imagine that, you know, being around this, being on the rock crawling team that, you know, and you've got a little bit of running behind you. How did you find, you know, your first OCR race? Um, one of my best friends in college, um, her, now husband works for Spartan. Um, she posted the classic fire jump picture. I was like, that looks cool. Not really knowing anything that came before that. And <laughs> I tried it with just like my little bit of running and rock climbing. And it was really fun. My first race was Asheville 2017. And um, the sprint was on a Sunday that year. That was a good and one. But the you fill your own buckets and the rock quarry and you have to go up and out. It was not fun in the moment, but I mean, clearly I got hooked. So the all the grip obstacles came fairly easy to me with the rock climbing background. And um, I still am not great at the heavy carries, but I've gotten a little better. Right. I think that was the year that the bucket carry was so long for the elite wave that they ended up cutting it short for the second day in the sprint, because you went to the top of that hill. And in 2016, we went to the top of that hill and turned around and come back down. But in 2017, we went to the top of that hill, then went way down the hill and around the corner a little bit and turned around and come all the way back. It was, it was gnarly. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I'm pretty sure it was that year. But that old Asheville venue was so much fun too with the rock quarry. That was a lot of fun. So on your first race, what obstacles did you fail? Um, I had to get help with the tire flip because I was so little back then and I didn't really work out, didn't lift heavy. Um, so that was the only one I failed. So I failed it there too. That was the first race we ever saw the tire flip at. Most of us down here in the Southeast was 2017 in Asheville because that was a serious race. I got it on Saturday, but on Sunday, I could not get that joker up. That was a tough obstacle. It was heavy. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny you said that because a lot of times that the women said that the, they didn't feel like the women's tire was you know, equal in comparison of like how heavy it should be. They always thought that the women's tire should be heavier. So I, I imagine that it must've got easier for you later on. Right. I only encountered it a couple of times before they stopped putting it out. I think West Virginia, um, I think West Virginia 2019. Was yeah, I'm pretty sure they had it every year at West Virginia until they got rid of it, of course. So yeah. In West Virginia, it was there for sure. I know uh, the last year, probably the the last race I, we had it was West Virginia, that I did it at, was West Virginia, was it 2021? I think that was the last race. Yeah, I think it was 2021, but I was lifting it 
back over and I pulled my hamstring when I lifted it and it was so mm. bad. That was such a bad pull. I hated it. And then the next day we had to do, I pulled it in the super and then we all went out there for fun to do it, you know, to do the sprint. Mm -hmm. And I got there and it was so hard to try to pick that thing up without engaging my hamstring where I'd already pulled it. Oh yeah. man, it was so painful. It was so painful, but I still did it. It just took me way longer than it should have. I was about to say, I don't remember seeing it there, but that's because I fell off stairway and broke my wrist in 2021. Oh my God. That was the third obstacle, like 10, 15 minutes into the race. Yikes. Yeah. My first DNF. So, and you said that was West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I assume that was stairway with the rock hole grip grips mm -hmm. on it, right? See, yep. and you're, you're like a rock, you know, you're a rock climbing girl. So how did you, how did you, how did you do this? I don't know, but they delayed the race, um, due to the fog and I guess maybe, um, volunteers, but, uh, something slipped. I don't know if it was my hand or my foot. And then I was just on the ground and, um, the broken wrist. Yikes. I tried to walk it off, but when I got down, see the box, box was next. I punched it because I was mad that my wrist hurt. <laughs> and then I did the bar bar fall uphill and then back downhill. And at that point, after that, it went back up the hill where the water station was right next to stairway. Mm -hmm. And you go down that little road. I started feeling um, the pain shoot up towards my elbow. And that's when I knew it was broken. And not just like tweaked from falling. Right. How bad was it broke? I broke um, the, the scaphoid. So it's the, this bone right like back in here. Right. So one of the hardest in the wrist to heal because it's surrounded um, completely by the, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's the stuff that surrounds the bone. So and also blood flow is not the easiest in that area. Right. So how long did that take to heal? <laughs> Let's see. I was, I was out of the cast for the Carolina trail race at Tryon. Mm -hmm. uh, so probably November. So August 27th to early November. Mm. Dang. So when did you feel confident using it again when you were doing obstacles? Um, rehab took a while just because the soft tissue damage and just all the movement kind of hurt. So I was climbing easy things fairly consistently, trying to get the movement back. Um, the first time I ever hung from an obstacle was at the Carolina race, they were doing the dead hang challenge in the festival area. And I hung for two minutes and 32 seconds. Jeez. I'll brush up a broken wrist. Dang. That's pretty good for not practicing or nothing like that. I, I don't think I've ever been able to hold my own body weight up for two minutes. That's crazy. So, um, I understand that, you know, you had a great weekend at OCRWC. Tell us mm -hmm. about how that went. Did you run all three races they had there? I did all of them. So I did the 100 meter, uh, the 3K, 15K, team race, and charity, 5K. So what was that, five races? Mm-hmm. So tell us about how the weekend went. It was rough. It was my first time at a race at elevation, and uh, my asthma came back. Mm. So I couldn't breathe. It was great. See... I've never done a race at elevation either. And I have asthma too, which usually it doesn't flare up unless I have an allergic reaction to something or if I'm mm -hmm. sick with a cold or something like that. That's usually the only time that, you know, I'll start wheezing and I'll have to use my inhaler to kind of ward that off. But as far as like having a full fledged asthma attack where I just can't breathe at all, like, I can't remember the last time this happened, but I've always been afraid of going to a race at elevation because they say they, it can make your asthma come back. So mm -hmm. you were the first person I've talked to that's 
kind of told me that. So yeah. how, how did you handle that in the moment? Um, it, it started after the hundred meter. Um, cause when I signed up last year, I was still thinking that worlds was still worlds was not planning or expecting Spartan to buy it by that point. So I signed up for the hundred meter before the three K so I could have ultimate freshness for the obstacles and then run the three K except the asthma flared up. And I had probably like an hour and 15 minutes before the three K and I could not catch my breath. My chest was so tight. Um, I realized it was time for the three K I was still wheezing. I was, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'll walk it if I have to, but I'm here. I'm not gonna not do it. And then I made a friend at the start line, like two minutes before uh, we were sent off. She also has asthma and she um, let me use her inhaler, which saved me. So shout out to Serena. Yeah. I like I always, her, I would, not, would not have survived the weekend. Like I always travel with it, but you know, I would have been the one that I would have left it in the room, you know, and not taken it to the race. But I know one thing after talking to you about this, if I ever do go to a race at Sid Elevation, I'm going to put it in mm -hmm. my bag that I check at the race and yeah. shoot, I'll probably run with it if it happens. Cause I mean, I can't imagine, you know, being in the middle of the race, you know, you're already breathing hard because you're pushing hard and then that flares up, man. It's gotta be just awful. So. And the less oxygen in the air just made it worse. Like I was breathing, but I couldn't ever catch my breath, even walking like on the downhills. I was just, not having it so yeah she carried it with her in her pack um so next time i go if i go to race at elevation i'm gonna have it in my pack with me or in like a waist belt if i'm just doing a shorter race or pockets or yeah yeah absolutely or, i would do that too so how did the 3k race go um i finished i think it was i finished sixth in my age group so mm -hmm. about middle of the pack uh, the obstacles were fun. I liked them. Did you trip up on any of them? Were you finished with your band? Mm -hmm. Finished with my band for all of them. Did you have to retry any of the obstacles? I did in the 15K. Um, fell off Gibbons because the sun was in my eyes. and uh, The son of a bitch. I know. Another <laughs> <laughs> um, girl let me borrow her sunglasses. And then I gave him back and wished her luck on finishing it. Oh, see, you should have got DNF right there because you somebody let you borrow their their gear. See, yeah. Well, the this guy, <laughs> uncle, he looked like a staff member, not a volunteer. He said, "There's no rules against it borrowing I'm, somebody." So I'm just messing with you. <laughs> we we did think about that. We did ask. Well, that was good. You asked, you know, because some people probably wouldn't have and just done it, you know, and then they get dq'd later i mean it's such a minor fraction i wouldn't think anybody would get in trouble for that something was so simple like that but i don't know how many times i've seen people in the age group waves they'll go through a obstacle and they'll take their hydration pack off and set it on the ground but usually they're not people in contention for the podium anyway so yeah it's just people trying to start early yeah see and then there was sketch and canyon I retried those once as well. Right. So I know which one Skitch is, but remind me which one Canyon is. Is that the one with the rings and you go down and you go back mm -hmm. up? Okay. Yep. So I which had one? Wrapped around the wrong arm when I was doing the the bottom two and had to restart because I got all looked like a pretzel. So Valkyrie is the opposite where you go <laughs> up and then come back down. Okay. Cause I've never done OCRWC, but I'm pretty familiar with it. And most of the obstacles that are there, I know a lot of people like skull Valley and there was another one that they like that. I don't think was there something like sky or something. I can't remember what it's called. I know people are probably yelling at me right now, but, um, uh, huh? Check the comments later. Yeah. So, uh, so how did the 15K turn out for you? Oh, that was rough as well. Um, was not fast by any means. Um, I took the, my 
morning warm up nice and slow. Uh, the race took me three hours and 48 minutes. And then I finished in fifth and then got knocked down to fourth. And then as I was driving away from the venue, I looked at my phone one more time and I got um, pushed up to third. Oh, wow. So, so what I happened got, there? Uh, I guess they just, um, there's like some timing issue or something. Like two other girls didn't have 100% and their results showed up on the wrong side. So, so they did their, uh, their age groups are done in five-year increments or 10-year increments? 10-year for the 3K, five-year for the 15. Right. I knew there was a difference, but I just couldn't remember which. So that's cool. You placed third place in your age group there. Okay. And uh, did you have any problems with your asthma in the 15K? Um. No, because I had the inhaler just, you know, breathing and not being able to catch my breath or get some oxygen was the biggest thing. That was when people ask what the hardest obstacle, I tell them it was that, the oxygen. The, the breathing. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what scares me the most is trying to, you know, just going to one of these and trying to be competitive and then just getting your block knocked out from under you because you can't breathe, yeah. you know, and people that have asthma they they need to be concerned about this or even if they had asthma as a child because this elevation will make it flare back up so that's something that i've always been concerned about so it's good I've, and i've always asked people about anytime i talk to somebody who's ran a race at elevation i always ask them about how hard it was to breathe and you're the first person that's told me you had child you had asthma as a child and then it flared up w with you while you were there so yeah. So you got third in the 15K. Mm -hmm. So what did you do to celebrate? Um, ate some pizza and went to bed. That sounds like a good celebration. That sounds that's how I roll. I don't know how many people that like will be like, hey, there's a party going on tonight, you know, later on. And I'm like. No, man. Once I leave the venue, I got two things in mind. Get some food and then go back to the room and chill until the next day. Go to bed early. <laughs> if I'm racing on Sunday, that's that's my routine. Get some food and then just go chill. Watch some TV, maybe play some cards and go to bed early. That's always yeah. my goal. I don't see how these people go out and party and then race the next day. I mean, I'm granted, I'm not... I'm nobody and I'm not trying to, it's not like every race is my A race and I'm that serious. It's just that I like, I like to get my sleep because I usually get up early anyway. So yeah, that's just how I roll. And you being 20, you're about to turn 29 mm -hmm. and you're, you're already that way. See, you're just on the right path. You're on the right path to greatness. Yep. <laughs> so how did the rest of the weekend go at Mammoth? Um, I cried at the finish line after the 15 K just all of the emotions, um, that race almost like broke me just from like the breathing, the physical aspect of it. And then I got my head for a bit. So it was, it was rough all around. And then, and you didn't even know you was in third place when you finished <laughs> it. You just, it just hit you, huh? Yeah it hit as I was leaving. So I was like, Oh, it's like, dad, turn around. I got third. <laughs> oh, so that was your dad that was in the picture. You were hugging him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My dad. Line? Mm -hmm. oh, that's cool. Yep. Did the 5k together. We walked it. He jogged a little. I was like, no, go ahead. I'm done running. <laughs> <laughs> done the team earlier that morning. I did the technical leg of the um, team race, which was the longest like running portion. It was two and a half miles. It was supposed to be 6K for all of us. Right. It was a little bit longer. Yeah. It was, I didn't know my teammates before. I met them on Facebook. Right. World's uh, group page. Mm -hmm. And they were great. Yeah. Cause what did y'all got like fourth place, didn't y'all? Mm hmm. As a team. And there were some yep. good teams there too. Yep. I know the pictures of that place up there looked amazing. Like for as far as the venue goes, 
but like how hard was it to get there from the airport? I heard it was like pretty rough. I don't know. Um, it was about a three and a half hour drive from my dad from Reno. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a few people, or I've read a few people uh, flying in from Reno, um, LA. I flew in, um, the Tuesday before the race to Fresno, cause I was going to go to Yosemite for a couple of days before heading over to Mammoth. So I was not going directly there. Right. So it wasn't bad for you then, huh? Mm-mm. Well, cool. So, um, uh, I know that you, uh, you train with, uh, Iron Edge training, right? Yep. So what's, what's that like? Tell us about that. Heather's great. She's, um, one of the best coaches I've ever had, actually the best, um, like a, a mother to me. Um, it's really important. Um, she's, very uh thoughtful listens to us um when we have um like questions about our training we need to change things um like i was talking to her over the weekend about my last uh race this year which is high rocks in dallas next month um and then i looked on the training site and she had changed um like the ocr workouts to high rocks workouts high rocks and uh yeah, helping me through more than just um, training, helping me in life and all that stuff. And having the team is like another family and the group chat is lit every day. And there's teams and reels and T-Rexes, thanks to Brett. <laughs> yeah. It's Br great. Brett messages me all the time, too. <laughs> Brett's a trip. Yeah. He uh, spent the whole second lap of Fayetteville Ultra with me because he realized when he finished the first lap, he wasn't going to be able to do his quadfecta that he was trying to do. And I rolled the crap out of my ankle, so I was hobbling along too. So I heckled him because he was going to quit at transition. And I come in transition and saw him over there having his little pity party. And I heckled him into finishing his second lap with me. So at least he got his buckle for the weekend. So. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was a, it was a fun second lap. He was there helping me take my mind off the pain of my cankle that I was growing for the whole second lap. It was fun. I'm hoping next year. What's that? I'm hoping to do the Fayetteville Ultra again next year. Oh, did you do it this year? No, cause I was coming off a broke, a fractured ankle. Oh no. How'd you do that? Um, Funny story, um, looking back. Uh, I love funny stories. I was trying to do um, the ball over shoulder exercise with like the really heavy slam balls. So I picked up, I was using a 50 pound and I was watching Rachel Waters do them on her story and she had stepped forward, throw it back over her and then was at her feet. She stepped over it and it was right there and she looked so fluid doing it. I was like, oh, I can do that too. Um, <laughs> I stepped forward, so my back foot was up and my heel was um, towards the sky, and I threw the ball over my shoulder, but I threw it at an angle, so it landed on my foot and, like, crushed it like a accordion. How did you feel after you did that? I mean, you had to just say, like, man, that was stupid. Why was I even trying that? I, I was not happy for a little bit, but I've since learned to laugh at it because, you know, that was kind of dumb. Mm. Uh, there was so much pain in my foot just from the 50 pounds dropping on it from like six feet in there mm -hmm. uh, that I didn't realize it was broken until a couple hours later I was at home I was like trying to walk around and I realized I was like dang it mm. so, that happened um the week before or the week of the uh, Savage Maryland fall race. So that was um, September 6th or 7th. Right. 7th, so how long did it take to recover from that? Um, I was in a boot from beginning of September to beginning of November. So two months. Yikes. 
How long did it take you to get your mobility back in your ankle after taking that boot off? Um, not, not too long. I had to work through the soft tissue and scar tissue damage because that was, you know, the most painful thing after. But since the bone that was fractured was in the midfoot, um, every time I took the boot off to take a shower, get dressed, I would do um, like work through my range of mm. motion, my unpainful range of motion. Right. Without moving a little bit during that, recovery. That probably helped from getting it too stiff. Yeah, because I was, I didn't, because I, when I sprained my ankle, I probably should have been in a boot for recovery and I wasn't because it it still ain't right you know like i still have like pains that just come out of nowhere for no reason and you know so i've, I've i'm pretty sure i had like a partial torn ligament in there mm. so i probably should have been in a boot but i didn't because i didn't want to have to deal with getting that mobility back and i was just kind yeah. of hoping, hoping for the best like an idiot so if i did Maybe. it all over again i probably would have went to an ortho and maybe gotten a boot maybe just so it would have healed properly and healed right. And maybe I wouldn't be dealing with pain like I still am now. It's minimal, but you know, just, it's just weird. And I want it to go away. I want to feel 100% confident again. And I, I don't have that right now. So I remember, I remember seeing you at West Virginia and you look like you were running very well. Oh, thanks. And I want to say you told me about that. You dropping that ball on your ankle there when we were running beside each other. I think you did. I can't what? remember. We were pretty chatty for about a mile. We were running together anyway. Yeah. Distract from the race and the agony that I feel sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Did you, uh, did you, uh, message Rachel later and be like, thanks for your stupid ball throwing video. <laughs> no. You messed up my ankle. I told her about it the first time in person. She felt so bad. Um, I think it was at like her Lionheart's 100, 105 thing. Right. And then um, some people have asked me like later on or since then. And um, usually it's at a Savage race. And like I look at Rachel and we both start laughing. So it's it's good. That's funny. Um, so I saw that you had some, you had a couple of good savage races too. Yeah. You got on the podium at, what was it? Charlotte and Maryland. Um, is that right? Look it up. Well, age group, normally on the age group podium. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking about overall. Yeah. I'm trying to think that third place. So many I've, podiums. She can't even remember. <laughs> I just don't remember the all the dates. Some dates, but not all of them. So. That was Maryland. So yeah, the Maryland. Well, I thought I saw that you got on it at Charlotte too. Um, I don't think so. Oh, I think that was. Because my last Savage overall podium was, well, my first one was Maryland Fall 2021. Okay. No, Maryland. Maybe I was looking at age group. So that's pretty awesome, you know? And you beat some pretty heavy hitters there, too. And there wasn't but, like, four people that finished with their band at that race or something like that? Yeah, it was it was crazy. So what was so tough about the rig there? I imagine that's what was eating people's lunch. It was damp when we got through. Um, so this rig had that like black sheet fabric material. And that was the most damp of them all. And that was right before a bar you had to lache to the bell. So that's where a lot of people were falling. On the sheet or the lache? Both. I'm not great at Lachean. I I don't know what it is, but like that we had a race in, I can't remember. I know it was a fall race in Georgia and it had a Lachey, but you had to Lachey from the pipe to a pipe that was higher and it was probably like six feet away and it was above water. 
Mm-hmm. And every time I'd fall in it, your hands would get wet. And then you couldn't do it because your hands were wet. You had to like dry your hands off all the way. And I was like, forget this. You know? <laughs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't get the motion. I could, the best I could do was just get a couple of fingers and touch it. It's like I would let go too late or too soon. One or the other, I could never just time it just right. But like I can lache on like the Spartan monkey bars, which they're not that far away. And like, it's no problem. I I think it's just the distance away and just getting so much momentum Mm -hmm. to time it right. I'm not great at that. Yeah. So you've done great at, at Savage. Are you doing the series for Savage this year? No. Um, didn't have the money to travel to all the series races so i just did the local ones right maybe next year maybe next year well i mean if you're if if you placed on the podium because you could do a rig that others couldn't i would say that'd be a good idea to chase a series what what is your what do you prefer to run do you like spartan savage ocr wc savage you like savage better just because of the technical the more technical obstacles you like that better mm-hmm. see i like the savage obstacles but th- to me savage has more fun obstacles but i like the running terrain that spartan gives you the their terrain itself just is like an adventure you know I mean, if they had savage races now, I I haven't done the Pennsylvania race, but I understand that that one's at a ski resort and it's pretty cool, but I don't know. I guess I just, I like the kind of the, the fail running with obstacles here and there. Yeah. So what are the races do you have planned this year? Um, Maybe a couple local trail runs and then High Rocks, Dallas. What weekend is High Rocks? Is that the same weekend as Newberry? Yes. That's what I thought. Because I think my buddy Tim is doing High Rocks instead. Y'all should be doing the Ultra. I don't know what y'all are thinking. But <laughs> it's probably going to be super cold in Newberry in November, I imagine, too. I did the Beast at Tryon in 2019 when with the unexpected weather and everyone had hypothermia. That was awesome. I love that race. (laughs) I was just like, I had a great training block for that race. And I went into that break, that race thinking, you know, I don't care what the weather does. I'm ready, you know, and it started raining while we were in the start and corral and it never stopped all day. For the ultra it never stopped and that's one of the one of the best races i ever had and i ran it clean except for the slip wall at the end because they had short ropes on it and on the second lap they had like three short ropes left everybody else had long ropes and it was just for the ultras we had to finish on those short ropes and I was finishing that race and I was like, man, it's been raining. I'm not like super muddy. So all I have to do is just take these clothes off, dry off and get into some dry clothes, you know? And I tried like three or four times and I could just could not get up there and grab that rope. It was just a mud festival in front of the slip wall. I it mean, was so bad. It was bad. And then the burpee pit is just a mud puddle. And I'm like, man right here at the end of the race and i'm gonna get all muddy it was that was such a bummer (laughs) there's nothing like running a clean ultra where you don't feel anything it feels really good normally i miss a spear or something stupid in fayetteville where because i rolled my ankle on the first lap in fayetteville and i had to you know it it was in bad shape and so when I come to Helix on the first lap, I went on the left side and I always go on the right side, but they had like panels that were upside down and Mm -hmm. the other ones were busy to where like the Lexan part was on the bottom. So I, I went on the left-hand side and it worked. So on the second lap, you know, my ankle was really bad. I said, well, I'm going to stay on the left side again. 
and I pushed my ankle down just right to where it hurt really bad. And I kind of winced a little bit and I grabbed the top of the obstacle and I was like, shit, you know, I failed it. So I finished the obstacle, hit the bell, but then I had to go run that penalty loop. And, you know, and that's the last obstacle before, I think it was like a frame in the fire jump. So mm-hmm. I went and I finished, I went and did this penalty loop and this penalty loop like ran you into this, this ditch that was full of muddy water. And I tripped and fell in that. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I was like, it's having such a bad day. <laughs> nothing like something bad happened like fail in helix at the end of an ultra so it is possible to fail helix a lot of people think it's not normally when you fail helix it's because you weren't paying attention or you just make a mistake for sure i feel like should be obstacle completion and you should restart it if you mess up and you know well or burpees but no penalty loops i think like for elite series where top dogs are there, like you shouldn't be failing these obstacles. Right. And, but you're going to have major backups because the heats are so big. Mm-hmm. So that's the only problem. That's and fair. like, and think about, you know, stairway to Sparta, how many people are just short that just can't do that obstacle. Uh, you know? yeah. So they would, I, I think it's because it's almost like the wall at Savage. You know, you got that eight foot wall at Savage. I don't know how many times that I've gotten there and women will just be retrying the hell out of that because there's no kicker block on it. And I know Miranda used to tell me that she would have to kind of put her fingers like in the crack between those boards just to get just a little bit of grip to, you know, get up and grab that top of that board. So it's almost kind of like you've got some height obstacles that are going to be too tough for people to do. But there was one race and I'm not sure if it was a a race out West or if it might have been a race overseas or in a different country, but it showed a kicker block at the bottom of stairway and in the comments were getting lit up, you know, cause a lot of the shorter people and women were saying, where is this race at? I've never done stairway where it's had a kicker block on it to help out for people that were shorter. So, you know, hmm. but I can imagine that, you know, there would be a line at like say Olympus and stairway, especially wow. if it's one of those days where it's just raining or Olympus is covered in mud. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you being a rock climber, mm-hmm. what do you think about the hold, the rock holds that they put on Olympus and stairway? Uh, it's a little challenging. But I mean, uh-huh. those, those rock holds itself, is that like some playground bullshit grips yeah. or what? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like if they were real rock holds made out of a real like rock hold material that Mm -hmm. you could actually, it would actually just work better. That plastic is just, it feels like they're going to break. Yeah. Rough. It's not fun to grab. Right. Okay. Taylor, I'm I'm out of questions, but I always ask everybody that comes on the show the same questions. And I'm going to ask you too. So out of all the races that you've run, What's been your most favorite race and why? I've been thinking about these questions all day. Because I, I listened to... Um, all my uh, episodes? Is that what you no. were about? To, that's what you were about to say. You were about oh, to yes. say, I listened to all of your episodes. I'm, I'm just going to cut you off. and. <laughs> I listened to the one with Bracken this morning, catching up. I was like, oh, my favorite, least favorite race. Oh, it's so hard to choose. I don't know. Um, I've had... Uh, I, Bracken begged me to be on the podcast, by the way. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have different ones for different reasons. Um, Favorite venue is Hawaii. Ooh, I Um, bet that was a fun race. I forgot to write some questions about that. I was, well, I finished fourth in my age group, and I met girls from all over the U.S., but I didn't know 
this at the time, but I had sun poisoning from a second degree degree burn that I got on Wednesday before the race. Way to go there. I know. I was surfing for three hours. I forgot to reapply sunscreen. So it's so, it's just a small space, but right. um I hate getting sunburned. So like I'm the one at the beach, like if I go in the ocean and I come back in, like I'm putting more sunblock on, you know, because I've been sunburnt so many times. Cause I used to surf like when I was a teenager. And like, I remember one time I went to the beach, surfed all day, didn't put on a lick of sunblock. I got so sunburned because I drove a Jeep and I was driving back and it got kind of cool that night. And uh, I had the heat turned on in the Jeep and my feet were, you know, they were sunburnt. And I remember that heat on my feet feeling so bad. <laughs> yeah, I had some small blisters on my legs. It was was not not a good time. Um, nice. so, but I still, I did all right. Um, I think yeah, so Charlotte, Charlotte sprint was my fa other favorite. Now that has to be because you had a good, you had a good race. It's not because that's just your favorite venue, right? <laughs> it was a, it was a really good race. Right. <laughs> I was lucky. How were you lucky? Um Amy fell off the rig or the multi-rig and I didn't. And she the first four women failed the spear and I made it. Oh nice. So what, that got me the lead. What year was that? Um last year or 20 21 22 2021 was the 22. year we had to wear mask at that race. 22. It was 22. Last year. So I'm trying to remember where the rig was at in 2022. Was it down there by the rolling mud? No, it was up in the no. uh, festival area, wasn't it? Yeah, it was near festival, near the uh, cold wash. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. I didn't realize I was in first until I was, I had passed the spear and then someone on the radio was like, first female just patched past such and such. And I was like, I just did that. They talked about me. <laughs> and then I get to the fire jump and it is lit up uh, like they do for elites. I was like, oh my gosh, I did. So. So did you get a cool fire jump pick? I did. It was legit. And I got rope climb pictures and finish line. It was yeah, they go all out for the elites and they they need more photographers. Yeah. So but were you running the lead at that race or was Azure? Mm -hmm. That oh, was my first elite OCR. Oh sweet. So yeah. you placed third in elite there? First. First? Oh no way. First That's elite, cool. yeah. That's pretty And awesome. then I did Fayetteville Ultra last year, also elite, and I got second. Oh nice. Wait, was that the year Mary got first? No, that was this year. That was this year? Mm -hmm. Oh. So what did she, she, she must have placed third then. Yes. I want to say she's placed every year there, I think. Yep. I beat her last year. That's right. Yeah. She's got a running coach now and she's like, she's gotten way faster in the past year. It's amazing how much faster she's gotten. Like she's just been doing some trail 50 K's here recently and just like getting like third and fourth overall there. So she's doing wow. really well. I don't know if she's going to do the Carolina ultra because she usually sits out the fall Carolina ultra because it's so cold. She is so cold natured. I love the cold as long as I'm, you know, prepared. I feel like I run better in the cold, but I, I like around 50 degrees, high forties. I like that. I don't like it where it gets too cold because I got Raynaud's and my, my fingers will start it'll start numbing out. Mm. Fingers and toes turn white. It is, and then yeah. I the Carolina race, the 2019, and I had to look at my hands as I was doing things to make sure I was actually grabbing the obstacle because I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. See, I don't, I, I don't remember having a problem with it at that race. It's almost like if you're running hot – your blood's flowing good enough to where it it doesn't affect you or something, or maybe I'm getting better at it, but like, I haven't had a, I don't remember having a problem with it this year 
really bad. Maybe a little bit in Conyers this year because Conyers was pretty cold. Did you run Conyers this year? Mm-mm. Ooh, no. You, sh- you should have went to that. That was a good race. It was so cold, though. It was very cold. Have you ever done the Conyers race? No, but I want to. I think I had something else that weekend. Yeah, you need to sign up for it uh, next year because that is a fun venue. I mean, it was my first race, but it's always – it's just a dirty course, man. There's a lot of technical running. You get to run under this tunnel that goes underneath the bridge, and then you get on, like, the backside where you're running on these – it's like a rock face for a little bit, and it's a really cool, unique venue, you know, a lot of rolling hills and stuff. It's a cool venue. You would like it. Okay, so what's your least favorite race and why? West Virginia 2021. Oh, is that the one where you broke your wrist? Yeah, that'd be easy call for me. Yeah. I would definitely say that. I would Probably. definitely say that. Yeah, it's not fun taking a DNF. It's definitely not. But I mean, I feel like you had good reasons. Like my yeah. buddy Gene, like at Fayetteville, he rolled his ankle really bad, like almost as bad as me. But he did it at like that first. Were you at Fayetteville this year? Mm-hmm. I did the Beast Trifecta. Right. So you remember how we ran into the woods and there was that first little mud puddle section? Mm-hmm. Like he rolled his ankle right there. <laughs> no. And he was signed up to do the ultra and he rolled it bad too. And I think no. he, he made it to like mile six and he was like, you know, forget this, you know, it was, so I was at mile nine when I did it. So I was thinking, yeah, man, this race is, you know, I'm a third of the way done. And of course the, the ultra that's, longer than a 50k is going to be the one where i roll my ankle super bad i think i had like 33 miles at that race so that was fun so yeah i mean if i would have done it earlier like he did i totally would have been like there's no way i'm going to finish this race with a rolled ankle and i got 30 miles to go so i totally would have done the same thing he did but what was awesome was is when he finished that race he was so upset that he had to take a dnf he's like I'm going to try to do Killington Ultra this year. He's never been there. He's done New Jersey Ultra, I think, a couple of times. So he he know he he knew what to expect in a mountain course, and he knew that Killington was tougher, and he prepared for it like like a madman, like so. And he finished it, and I think he had, I think he was around 14 hours at Killington, and he finished it. And I think I've got him talked into doing it again this year too, so, or next year. So, so that's a cool venue. If you ever get a chance to go do a beast there, you should go do it. Maybe just the beast though. I'm, just the beast, not the ultra. I don't desire to do the ultra. Yeah, it's a tough one. Have you ever done Jersey? No. Yeah, Jersey. I would say if you're going to, do, if you're thinking about doing a mountain ultra, do the Jersey one first. Of course, they had almost ten thousand feet at Jersey this year, which was a lot for Jersey. Normally Jersey's got like eight to nine. So, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, I totally get that. That would have been my least favorite too. So my next question is, is what's your race ritual? Like, what do you do on Friday before the race? You know, what's your go-to meals? What do you do to prep for the race Saturday morning before the race? Tell us how Taylor gets elite podiums. That's what that's what everybody wants to know. How to be badass at Savage and kill those tough rigs. Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know, Taylor. I need a refresher on how to get elite podiums because this this has been a year for me. Um, <laughs> thankfully, no major injuries, but it's just it's been rough for everywhere else. But um, let's see, Friday, I'm either flying or driving to the venue. Um, hopefully with enough time to get a little shakeout run in. Um, I only oh. started that in 2021 though, the shakeout runs. So how long of a shakeout run do you usually do? Two or three miles. Hmm. Yeah. Before that I didn't, I didn't do anything and I really didn't have any pre-race rituals. I just got to the place, went to bed, got up, did the thing and then that was it. Um, but I was much younger back then. Yeah, I'm sure. Much younger. Much younger than 29. Okay. <laughs> it feels it feels 
I feel it. Um, I don't really have a specific pre-race meal. I usually have some form of chicken and either rice or pasta. Um, sometimes cooked veggies if I want it, but I'll try to eat clean, cleaner um, the night before race so I won't go out to eat. Um, but I do after the race and I get pizza. Right. Pizza um, I lay out my race stuff and then I go to bed, scroll Instagram for about 30 minutes before I go to sleep. Right. So what do you, when you get up in the morning, like, do you have like a go-to breakfast and, you know, or what do you have to do for, you know, before the race? Do you have like a certain kind of warm up you do? No, I probably should. <laughs> um, might feel better during the race, but usually eat like Kodiak the Kodiak cake cups, mm. um, the pancakes or muffins or, um, a bagel, peanut butter, or, um, I think one year I had a pop tart because I couldn't really, I couldn't stomach the bagel mm. or the oatmeal. So yeah, usually anything I can stomach, I'll try to eat. So if that's, um, like granola bars or, uh, honey stinger waffles or even like race fuel gels and chews. I'll eat that before the race. Right. So when you say stomach it, is it just because of eating so early in the morning or do you actually have like kind of race nerves going on? Kind of race nerves, um, kind of slight health issues going on stomach related. So hmm. yeah, that's been majority of this year was just issues right taylor tell us something we don't know about you you used to ride horses right yeah yeah um i'm trying to drag stuff out with you because you haven't been very chatty <laughs> thought i have been um I'm teasing. I don't know what. I mentioned I was a couch potato. Um, yeah, that was the interesting story. Thanks about it. <laughs> I, I was good. I watched a lot of TV. Like I would come home from school, do my homework as fast as possible, and then sit down on TV for the rest what of the night. What was your go-to watch on TV besides <gasps> American Idol? We know you watched American Idol. <laughs> I actually didn't. Um, well... Disney Channel when I was younger and then I got into like some of the crime dramas in high school so like NCIS, Bones, Rosalind Isles, those kinds of things. Um, Boring. What was your favorite <laughs> Disney cartoon? Kim Possible. Kim Possible. That sounds like way before my generation. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, I think that was, that was my, first, at least that's the first one that came to mind. So, right. Okay. I gotcha. So don't you have like a, some sponsors or anybody you want to shout out before we end this? I wish I did. <laughs> if you have any ideas or hear any companies looking for athletes? Uh, well, I thought you had like a link tree on your bio or something. Um, mostly just, um, ambassador for companies, um, was, I was working for Hoist this year or helping them out. Um, and they helped with Savage races. So I'm going to get back with, uh, continue with them next year. Not sure what they're doing, but, uh, open to other sponsorship ideas. Right on. Well, Hey Taylor, um, I'm out of questions. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this and, uh, hopefully we'll see you race in the future. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Taylor again for taking time to talk to us. If you are looking for a coach, I suggest you check out Iron Edge Training. Um, I know a lot of her athletes are very satisfied with her training. I had Heather on here probably a year ago. If you want to go and check out that interview too as well, please do. My next race will be the Carolina Ultra. Hopefully the whole trifecta weekend. I'll let you know Saturday night for sure on that. Got to see how I feel after the Ultra for sure. Um, hopefully we'll have some good weather for that. If I don't make another episode for all my friends that are going to world's toughest mudder, man, it is 
sad to see all of the stuff going on with that race and not be a part of it. That race is such a party, but it's this year being in Texas, it's just a little expensive to get to. And I wish it was still in just a good drive for me to get to like it was last year when it was in Alabama. That was such a fun race. And I just want to say good luck to everybody running out there and uh, stay warm. It looks like, I mean, right now the weather looks pretty good. So that should be a cool race. Anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you next race. Peace. Peace.